Amen. Let's look in Acts. Acts chapter 26. Acts 26. And uh, we're going to try reading verse 12. We'll see if this little call mic works tonight. If it doesn't, that's all right. I'll just shout louder. Amen. Uh, heavenly vision. Acts chapter 26. Uh, great testimony of the Apostle Paul in uh, Acts 26 and verse 12. Whereupon, as I went to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priest, at midday, O king, I saw the way in the way a light from heaven above the brightness of the sun shining round about me and them which journeyed with me. And when we were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me and saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And I said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. But rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness both of those, these things which thou hast seen, and of those things in the which I will appear unto thee, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision. Let's pray. Father, we're thankful. Uh, tonight that we can know that we're saved and we can testify the fact that we're saved. And uh, Lord, just not just testifying of the salvation we experience through faith in you, but testify uh, to uh, those that uh, were influential in our life and were willing uh, to fulfill the call of God in their life to tell others about Christ. I pray, Lord, you'd help us uh, to have a heavenly vision of your will, your purpose, your move, and your power in our life. I pray, Lord, if there's someone here who's not saved, that tonight they might come and receive Christ as their Savior. But, Lord, I pray that each one of us will leave here uh, with a renewed understanding of God's purpose and will in our life. And, uh, Lord, I pray because of that we'll leave here with a desire to tell others about Christ. And there'll be multitudes of people that'll be saved. And so I pray for your blessing on the preaching of the Word of God in Jesus' name. Amen. Our text verses, verse 19, it says, Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision. You know, Apostle Paul is standing in front of King Agrippa, and he really is just giving a testimony to King Agrippa in regards to salvation. You know, the Apostle Paul was a persecutor of the church, and this persecutor of the church becomes a great preacher of the church. And when we meet Jesus Christ, everything changes in our life. You know, the Apostle Paul, his life changed when he met Christ. And uh, I can't help but uh, rejoice in the fact that if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And so a person's life is never the same once they trust Christ as their Savior. You may look at somebody and say, boy, they're just a mean, hateful person. And boy, they just don't seem to have any direction in life. And they don't seem to care about other people. Remember this, that if you can present Christ to them and you can lead them to Christ, 
Christ, their whole life will change just like your life changed when you trusted Christ as their Savior. Not only did his life change, but his faith was changed. And he had a faith in the Jewish religion. He was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He was a man that literally uh, went after Christians to put them in jail and persecute them and execute them for their faith in Christ. But now his faith is not in the Jewish religion and in the point of being a Pharisee, but now his faith is in Jesus Christ. And Jesus makes everything different and everything changes when we come to Christ. So his life was changed, his faith was changed, and his focus was changed. Before he got saved, uh, he's sharing with King Agrippa that he was going about uh, persecuting those that had their faith in Christ. And his focus, his whole intention of his life uh, was to do harm to those who lived for their God and, and surrendered to Jesus Christ. Now he is a promoter of Jesus Christ. And certainly now his whole focus in life is completely different. And you know, God makes a difference in your life. Uh, he shows you a different way to go and a different way to live, and He changes your focus. And when you trust Christ, nothing will ever be the same again. And so oftentimes people won't trust Christ because they know in reality that their life is going to be changed because they've seen Christians. They've seen the change that takes place in believers' lives, and they'd rather hold on to their old lifestyle and their sin rather than trust in Christ. The changes that are needed in this world and in people's lives will only come about through faith in Jesus Christ. I preached on abortion this morning, and uh, certainly uh, it's, it's frustrating to study and look at these trends in our society, and it's, uh, it gets somewhat uh, uh, be a daunting task. We say, well, what can we do? How can we respond? How can we make a difference? The difference is Jesus Christ. And people need to be saved. They need to trust Christ as their Savior. And if they'll do that, then everything will change. And I just think there needs to be a witness. There needs to be a testimony to people out on the street, in their homes, uh, in the political arena, or wherever it may be. There needs to be a witness because Jesus changes everything. So Paul says, I was not a disobedient unto the heavenly vision. What vision do you have for your life? Uh, what vision do you have for your family? What vision do you have for your church? You know, where there is no vision, the people perish. And I think many times, many people in the, as believers in Christ flounder in their Christian life because we do not allow God to give us a vision of what He can and will do in each of our lives. And certainly we ought to have a vision of what the Lord will do uh, for us. I remember God called me to preach. And when God called me to preach, God gave me a vision. And I don't mean a literal you know, vision where you see things and all this, that, and the other. I believe that God spoke in the Old Testament through visions and dreams. But once the Word of God was completed, He reveals who He is through the Word of God. And as you're praying over the Word and you're reading the Word and you're studying the Word, God will reveal to you what His will is and what His purpose is. And I remember God impressing on my heart to go in the ministry. I could see myself preaching. I could see myself running a, a Christian school. I could see myself leading people to Christ. Uh, God gave me a vision of what He can do in my life and would do in my life. And even to this day, God still gives me a vision 
about my life. I try to live my life in kind of increments. I usually have five-year goals or plans or vision of what I want to accomplish. And so I, I've watched God reveal those things to my heart, and I've watched the Lord fulfill these things in my life. And so what vision do you have uh, so that you might obey the command of God and the instruction of God in leading you? Heavenly vision, not a worldly vision. A heavenly vision. And Paul says, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision. So let's see what this vision consisted of in the life of the Apostle Paul. First of all, we see the person of the vision in verse 15. And I said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. And so the vision that Paul had was one of Jesus Christ. He's on the road to on Damascus uh, with orders and with authority to be able to do harm to believers in Christ. But now the Lord meets with him on that Damascus road. And Paul testifies that it was at midday uh, when he was uh, when this vision happened. He had testified where he was at when it happened. He was on the road going to Damascus. He he identifies. Uh, uh, what his authority was in taking letters, and he was commissioned to do uh, the bidding of the chief priests. I mean, Paul is very detailed about what was going on in his life at the time that the Lord appeared unto him. So first of all, we see the person in the vision, Jesus, reveals Paul's character. In verse 14, it says, When we were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me, and saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? The character of the Apostle Paul was one of persecution. The character of the Apostle Paul was one of doing harm to others. And uh, Jesus, when he meets with Paul, right away he identifies the character trait of the Apostle Paul. Why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And so the character, you know, God reveals to us when we get saved, we get saved because God reveals our character. He reveals that we are a sinner. He reveals that we despise him. He reveals to us that we are on our way to hell. And, it, and we find that we are not lovers of God, but haters of God when we live our life apart from Jesus Christ. And so the vision that Paul receives is one that reveals his character. And God, listen, God will show you, God will show me exactly who we are. And it's not a pretty picture most of the time, amen? And when we see what we are without Jesus Christ, when we see our life in light of who Christ is, what a glorious uh, what character traits that we have as we take on the image of the Son of God. But apart from Christ, I mean, we're an we're ungodly lot, that is for sure. And so Paul is testifying that this person that revealed himself to him in a vision was Jesus Christ, and it reveals his character. Notice he answers Paul's question. In verse 15, it says, who, Paul said, who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus. You know, people are trying to find hope. They're trying to find direction. Uh, they're trying to find out who God is. And the questions of their hearts are answered when they know who Jesus Christ is. The, hearts, the questions they have in their hearts are answered when we present to them 
the Lord Jesus Christ. He knows everything about them. He knows every need that they have. And uh, we need to reveal to them who Jesus Christ is because he carries the answers to the questions that people have in life. But then he identifies Paul's need. He says, whom thou persecutest. The need of the Apostle Paul was to stop persecuting Christ. He can't fight against Christ. Man cannot fight against Christ. All man may deny him, he may reject him, and man thinks he doesn't have to bend a knee before him. But there is a day coming when every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And man's need is that he needs to acknowledge who Jesus Christ is. And so Jesus reveals this to the Apostle Paul, the person of the vision. I'm thankful that the Lord comes to us and reveals to us who he is. Not only that, but we see... In verse 16 and 17, the plan of the vision. God always has a plan that he is working, his will and way, in each of our lives. Notice he says, but rise and stand up upon thy feet, for I have appointed unto thee for this, uh, appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness both of the th those things which thou hast seen and of those things in which I will appear unto thee. And so the purpose of, the, of this vision, he says in verse 17, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee. So the plan of the vision I see first of all is to get up. Amen. You just got to get up. People say, I just don't feel like getting up. Get up. You know, you say, well, I just feel knocked down. Get up. A righteous man will fall seven times, but he'll rise up again. And so we just need to get up. I, I was tickled, though. Kurt Skelly was preaching at the prayer advance, and he was talking about the conflicts that we have with ourselves, most of the time the problems with ourselves. And he did this illustration. He set a chair up next to where he is preaching, and he said, sometimes we need to talk to ourselves. We need to preach to ourselves. And he said, I'm sitting in that chair is where I'm sitting. He's up here preaching. He said, I looked, he looked over, and he said, hey, sit up. Get up. You know, stop acting like that. And sometimes we need to tell ourselves to get up. God wants us to do something. God has a plan for our life. Uh, why waste our lives just sitting around and groping in darkness? Why waste our lives that God has given us uh, not doing anything for the glory of God? I mean, do something for God. My dad always used to say years ago, do something even if, even if it's wrong. And uh, I found this, that when I do things that are not right, that are not in order, that are not according to God's plan and God's will, he'll stop me. We just need to get up and get going. Why? That God has something for you to do. I think I put that on there. Did I put that on there? I did put that on there. Amen. God has something for you to do. And you say, well, what is it? I don't know what it is. I, I have a hard time figuring out what God wants me to do. There's something God wants me to do. I want to be able to find out what it is each and every day. I want to be able to get up in the morning and know that God has a plan for my life. For years, for 27 years, I lived my life not comprehending what the will of God is and the plan of God was for my life. I went from one thing to another thing to another thing to another thing, and I'm glad that God showed me that he had something for me to do, and I'm glad I didn't hesitate when God impressed a call upon my life. I just got up and got on with it, amen? God has something for you to do, so find out what it is and fulfill it. Well, I don't know if I'm able to do that. You don't need to know if you're able. You just need to know that God is able. 
if God is telling you to get up and get going, then bless God, get on with it. I see another thing here, not just get up, but get out. Amen. It says here, but rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness both of the things which thou hast seen and those things in which I will appear unto thee. He's just saying this, Paul, I got something for you to do, so get up. And God has something for you to do, so get out of here because God has someone for you to go to. And he says, I've called you and appeared unto you for this reason that you're to minister unto these uh, Gentiles and you're to bring the gospel to them. And so there is someone that God wants you to go to. Every As we had those testimonies, I was thinking of those testimonies uh, when we got done communion because I wanted to, to get your response in reference to your salvation is based on the fact that somebody got out of their comfort zone and entered into a relationship with you to help you to understand why you need to be saved and how you can be saved. There is somebody that God wants you to go to and talk to about Jesus Christ. And uh, so God, the plan of the vision is this, just Paul, get up and get out. And then let her see just this, get on. And I thought of this, just get on with it. God has somewhere for you to go. And so he says, he says, I have appeared unto thee, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom I will send thee. And so he says, just get on with it. You don't have to worry about it. I have somewhere for you to go. This is the direction you're going. This is what you're going to accomplish. And don't worry about it. I'll take care of everything in the process. So the plan of the vision. Realize God gave Paul a heavenly vision that revealed to him the person of Jesus Christ and revealed him to the plan of Jesus Christ for the Apostle Paul's life. All that we might have a vision from God, a clear direction that comes from the Lord and from the Lord alone. Not only do we see the person and the plan, but we see the purpose of this vision. In verse 18, he says, To open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. So the purpose of the vision, first of all, was simply deliverance. He says to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light. And he says from the power of Satan unto God. People need to be delivered. They need to be set free. Sin binds us up. It destroys a person's life. You just look at the world in which we live and you see decisions that are being made. Uh, it's, listen, it is a natural thing for unsaved people who are in the darkness of the God of this world to live like they live. They know nothing else. They know no other way. They're in bondage. They're tied up. Uh, they're oppressed. But wait a minute. There is a God in heaven who wants to deliver them and set them free. Satan does not have to have the victory over mankind because Jesus Christ died on the cross. He was buried and he arose from the grave. He defeated death. He defeated sin. He defeated the power of Satan. And man can be delivered if we'll just tell them about the purpose of the coming of Jesus Christ. To open their eyes and turn them from darkness to the light and from the power of Satan unto God. 
We do, listen, we do not have to be overcome and defeated by Satan. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And we need to live in light of the purpose of God is always to bring deliverance. God did not save us to live in bondage. He saved us to live a life of freedom and of power and so deliverance. Notice the purpose of the vision was forgiveness that they may receive forgiveness of sins. I'm thankful that God's still in the business of forgiving sins. We say, my goodness gracious, this world is so wicked. People are so vile. Uh, How can people live that way? Because they haven't experienced the forgiveness of God. He forgives us and he cleanses us and delivers us from all of our sin. There is no sin that's too deep, no sin that is too gross, no sin that is too wicked, that Jesus Christ cannot forgive. He hung on the cross and he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And yet we as human beings can't forgive others. Bless God, we need to have a vision from God to show us what we can be and what our life would be if we had a spirit of forgiveness and living in light of the purpose of the vision of God. There was deliverance, there was forgiveness. I like this, there's inheritance. An inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Paul, listen, Paul, you're to go and you're to reveal the people that if they trust me as their Savior, what I have for them is greater than any inheritance they'll receive in this world. Oh, you might have a little bit of cash at the end of your life. What is, what's going to happen to it? You're going to die and you're going to leave it all behind. Now, you might have some property and you might have some influence, but when you're dead and put in the grave, there'll be no, there'll be no influence whatsoever. There'll be no possessions you'll take with you. And uh, let me tell you, I heard an old preacher say years ago, he's yet to see a U-Haul follow the hearse. Amen. <laughs> when you die, you're right, hon. Amen. I got you on that one. <laughs> You ain't taking anything with you. But bless God, the inheritance that God has for us. I go to prepare a place for you, amen. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. Where is that? In my Father's house are many mansions. Glory to God. I'm looking for an inheritance that does not fall into corruption, does not fade away. I'm looking for an inheritance that is eternal in the heavens. Hey, Paul, go see these people and tell them how to be delivered, how they can be forgiven, how they can be assured of an inheritance that is sanctified, sanctified by faith that is in me, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. A heavenly vision. I guess, uh, I guess Jack wants me to get done. He put the thing. <laughs> Man, we have 22 more points up here, brother. We got a ways down. <laughs> Jack's like, Super Bowl's on, come on. (laughs) Second Thessalonians chapter one and verse three says, we are bound to thank God always for you, brothers, as it is meet, because that your faith grows exceedingly and the charity of every one of you all towards each other abounds. Paul was thankful for those that he had witnessed to, those that he had testified to, fulfilling the call of God and the heavenly vision he received from Christ, 
because of the fact that he saw that their faith was growing, and as their faith grew, their love for each other got stronger. And Paul says, I give thanks. I'm bound to give thanks to God for you. Hey, don't, don't complain about Christians. The world has their enough of their complaints. I think the worst thing that we can do as a Christian is complain about other Christians to unsaved people. Because those unsaved people are never going to get saved uh, by us telling them how bad and how wicked all of us are as Christians. You want to complain about another Christian? Go to God in prayer and complain about him. Amen? Because if, if God needs to do something in your heart, he'll change you. But if God needs to do something in that person's heart, he can change them. So go to God and talk about it. Uh, don't talk to one another. Don't complain about each other. We're bound to give thanks for our brothers and sisters in Christ. 2 Timothy 1.3, Paul says, I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience, that without ceasing I have remembrance of you in my prayers night and day. Paul met the Lord Jesus Christ, and he completely changed all that he is, all that he was, and began to work in his life. And Paul saw God, from that point on, using his life to impact others to come to faith in Christ. And Paul realized this. He said, listen, i, I, I got to remind myself. i got to thank God. And without ceasing, I need to remember who you are and what God did in your life and be willing to pray night and day for you. Why? Because he received a heavenly vision. And I, I tell you, when you get a vision of God, you get a touch from God, it's hard to be uh, aggressively griping and complaining about each other. It's hard to have a spirit of uh, ingratitude when you have a touch from the Lord. God shows us exactly who we are. Over the years, I've had God just speak to my heart in such a powerful way now, I'll never forget, I forget what year it was. It was years, several years ago at a prayer advance. And uh, just, I, I just think of the Apostle Paul. When I was reading through this passage, it says that this great light shined around them. And he says, we, in verse 14, and when we were all fallen to the earth. And I just remember God impressing on my heart that I needed to go to prayer and talk to him. And I'll tell you, I never felt the heaviness of God like I did that night. And the heaviness of God pressed me to the ground. It literally, I just felt God pressing me to the ground. And I, once again, I was laying out, just flat on my face, laying out, crying out to God. And God showed me how wicked my heart was. He showed, I'm a pastor of a church. I had 20 guys down there at the prayer advance that I was leading and trying to be a help to and encouragement to and helping them to have a time with the Lord. And God showed me how wicked I was. How vile I was. And listen, it was the Lord Jesus Christ who once again revealed himself to me and showed me there was a plan that he had for my life. And that God had a purpose that he wanted to fulfill in my life. And I'm afraid far too many of us live our life completely separated from and disconnected with the reality of what God wants to reveal to us. Because we're too consumed, too uh, uh, tied up with time and all these other things. And we don't have any time to just to be alone with God and let him speak to us. God will get our attention. Paul was going down the Damascus Road with no intention to meet Jesus Christ. But God had another plan. 
And I believe there's people that God wants to speak to, and he's going to speak to them through us. Uh, you're going along in life, and you don't even realize that God is directing you. God wants to use you. What, what vision do you have? What, what vision? I don't know if you thought about this. What vision do you have for our church this year, for 2019? In reference, listen, in reference to your involvement and your impact in the church, what vision has God given you about that? What vision do you have for your family? You may have family that are lost. They're not saved. Do you see them? Do you see God? Does God lay on your heart a vision of what it is to see your family get saved? Trust Christ. You have family members that are away from the Lord. Can we see them like the prodigal son coming unto themselves under conviction of God and coming back to Christ? If we can't see that, we can't believe that, then it's not going to happen. What vision, what vision do you have? God revealed the Apostle Paul a powerful vision that absolutely turned his life upside down. And literally, he became the writer of two-thirds of the New Testament that we read his letters over and over and over again. The persecutor became the preacher. And I want you to know this, that God can change everything about you and your life if you just allow him to give you a heavenly vision. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for allowing us to be together tonight. Uh, we praise you, Lord, for your goodness and, Lord, for the revelation of God. Uh, Lord, you showed so many things to the Apostle Paul. And, Lord, he was not disobedient to the revelation that you brought in his life. He surrendered completely to it. And I pray, God, as you continue to reveal uh, your person and your plan, and your person and purpose, Lord, for our life, Lord, that we would not shy away from it, we would not reject it, we would not be disobedient to it, but God, may we embrace the very character of our Father in heaven. May we connect with the reality of what you want to, uh, us to accomplish. May we reach out to those that are around us that we might be able to lead them to Christ. I believe with all my heart, I really do, Lord, I believe with all my heart there's multitudes that are ready to be saved. They just need somebody to talk to them. And so, Lord, help us. Help us to see us as a vessel, as the conduit through which God can speak to others that they might be saved. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's